Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Hey there, liquid legends and cocktail crusaders. I'm Matthew Henry, your intrepid explorer of all things effervescent and electrifying, and lighting up the stage with a flare that can only be rivaled by fireworks is Ben Henry, the supreme sultan of splashy sips and show-stopping shindigs. Brace yourself as we catapult into the cosmos of cocktails where the stars are garnishes and the Milky Way is, in fact, a creamy liqueur. Whether you're a veteran of vivacious beverages or a rookie ready for a roller coaster of refreshments, we've got the ticket to the ultimate ride. Put on those oversized sunglasses, strike a pose, and let's blast off into another episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How's it going, Supreme Sultan? Does that mean like I'm a sultan with sour cream and tomatoes on me? Perhaps. I just thought you got like, like not, not only were you just, a, last time you were like a sultan, now you're a supreme sultan. You've got a, like a promotion on the sultan scale. Uh, I was kind of excited. I thought I was going to be a rock star because then I was like, oh, finally chat GPT gets me, understands what I really crave. I thought I was going to be a rock star. And now I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just the, I'm just the dictator of some horrible place to live. Probably because of me. Probably. And, uh, but duly noted, ChatGPT and I will have a, a, a chat and uh, we will uh, see what we can come up with next week. Thank you. I don't want to be a dictator anymore, Matthew. I want to be a rock star. Duly noted. Duly noted. All right. I asked you how your week was, but you're so caught up in. Actually, I didn't ask you how your week was. I just said, hey, how you doing? And you know, now we got all this. But so how was your week? How was my week? My week was. You don't know. I don't remember. And and unlike you, Matthew, that doesn't mean I just had a normal week. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. So I think this is going to come out when I talk about my quote unquote cocktail today, uh, Matthew. Because I think I was experimenting and working really hard on my cocktail this week. And so consequently... You were drunk the entire week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember much from the past week. So you know what that means? It's going to be a darn good cocktail. It was a good week. Yes. Yes. A good week. It was a very good week. And and I, I, there were no consequences to whatever my bad behavior was. So that means it was probably a top 10 week. Yeah. So I don't remember anything about it. I can't share anything about it. Oh, I did get to go to a high school musical, Matthew. And I got to tell you, Matthew, high school in 2023, way different than high school in 1994. I mean, they they, they get to do things that I didn't get to do. And you know what? I loved it. It was amazing. You know what? I mean, because it's just it, all it is, is about body positivity, being, you know, being comfortable with how your body behaves at that age. I don't know, man. It was a musical about a spelling bee. It was weird, but I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. 
And uh, yeah, that's the only thing I remember from my week. How was your week? My week, you know, it was fine. It was fine. The weekend, though. The weekend is I'm having trouble with my weekends. Why? Well, I think, as I mentioned before, I've learned recently that when two of your three kids leave the house to go to college, that all of a sudden weekends are like heaven, not as full anymore. Like, like I, I don't have like 10 places to go and places to drop kids off and, you know, and, and do all that. I don't, I don't have to go shopping with three different kids. I don't have to do that. And so as a result, I don't have anything to do. And and so my que- so this kind of leads into my question for you. Would you rather have a weekend day with nothing to do or a busy weekend day full of things to do? Is this a trick question? Well, no, because I keep having these things with nothing to do. And then I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I didn't do anything. And that's bad. Well, it feels wasted. It feels like a wasted day. Like I could have, I could have like learned a new language. What? I could have like just, you know, I could have done something useful. Right. Like watch college football? See, to complicate things, there's no giant games on. Well, that's, yeah, that's for sure. It's the dark times. And so, so it's just, you know, that, that, that's like, so two and a half hours there is, you know, I got to like find something to do. And so... I just have a hard time. I think I'd rather be busy on my weekend days is what I'm learning about myself. I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> well, that's true. There could be. Could be something wrong. Uh, I would much rather have nothing to do on my weekend. No plans. No nothing. And like when I walk into like the house where like I'm supposed to, I don't know, install the new thermostats or change the filters on the goobity gop or, you know, oil the the oil, the wing duts on the, uh, you know, the scamp and schmomper, you know, like I, 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 all of those things are magically done. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And, and, and my cats are like, you know, uh, flushing the toilet instead of having to me like change. Yes. I would rather have a weekend, Matthew, where I wake up at seven o'clock at night, have a cocktail, eat dinner and then go to bed. <laughs> that is my dream weekend. See, see I, I, I guess, yeah, we, are, we do differ in that respect because I wake up and I'm like, OK, it's already eight. I should probably get up. Because I still have to go running. Oh no, you've wasted so much of the day. I still have to go running, and uh, you know there are things that I got to do, and and then if I do them after twelve, then the day's just gone. So I, it's it's a it's a conundrum. It's a problem for me. Apparently not for you. Yeah, no, you do have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> well, you 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 can't be comfortable with yourself. You know, you know, Matthew. What I need you to do is I need you to sit down and become comfortable with Matthew. Okay. You know, you and and yourself, you need to get comfortable with each other. And you need to wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I don't have to do anything I don't want to. And I don't want to do anything. And then you need to scroll Instagram for seven hours. (laughs) And then you need to like stand up, take a stretch break. And then go down, have a really large sandwich and then make a cocktail, you know, do your business, take a shower, get back in bed. And that, my friend, 
is a perfect Saturday. Oh, all right. I'll uh, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Yeah. All right. Good question, though. In the meantime, yeah. Oh, you have a question? No, no, I don't. No, what's wrong with you? That's my question. <laughs> okay. We don't have enough time for that. All right. Well, speaking of time, do you know what time it is? Is it that time? It is that time. Time for tip, tip of, of the, the day. day. Tip of the day, Ben. Tip of the day. And so I stumbled into this tip. I went to a, a bar here in Santa Rosa called 1910. And I've been meaning to go for a while. The owner of 1910 owns a couple of well-known restaurants in Windsor and Healdsburg called uh, Kin and Kin Smoke. And so I was hearing great things about 1910 and finally had an opportunity to go. And, and I ordered a drink there that was one of their original cocktails. And I loved it. And I'm going to present that cocktail today in my own interpretation of it anyway, because on the, on the menu, they listed the ingredients that were in the cocktail, but of course they don't mention like the ratios. They just list the ingredients. And so I went home and I tried to create it. And the first iteration that I tried was not even close to what I had tasted at the restaurant. Then I got a moment of inspiration. And did you know that ChatGPT is good for more than just podcast intros? I mean, I would say it's questionable that it's good at podcast intros since it keeps making <laughs> okay, that's me fair. a, that's a fair. sultan that's and fair. an admiral. <laughs> but no, I did know that because I actually, I, I do, I use ChatGPT for, for a lot of things. Yeah. All right. Well, so in this particular case, I told ChatGPT that I was, I enjoyed this cocktail and I listed the ingredients and I said it was a very nice balanced cocktail. How would you use this, these ingredients and what ratios and give them to me in ounces? And it spit out the, uh, the ratios that I'm about to give you today. And it was um, different than what I had tried. And I will get into that maybe a little bit more when I'm describing my cocktail. But it was darn good. And I was really impressed and very thankful that I didn't have to have like several different tries at this to get it right. Because I would have original, eventually gotten it right. But uh, it was a big time saver. And it was kind of fascinating that ChatGPT, which I assume doesn't have taste buds, was able to give me what it thought would be the ratios would be for a nice balanced cocktail. And so so I'm going to present my version of the cocktail from 1910. Uh, well, I should say it's probably ChatGPT's version, but I don't know if it really is their version because you know they didn't share the recipe with me. But anyway, so that's the tip of the day. Use ChatGPT when you see a, a recipe that you like out at a bar, just type in all the ingredients and it will give you maybe a reasonable a recipe to work from when you're trying to recreate it at home. Well, that's a really good tip. I mean, ChatGPT and similar tools like it are very, very new. And I don't think anybody really fully understands the best ways to use them. So I think it's always good to experiment with them, especially in these areas that, you know, the one caveat is, of course, to to take it all with a grain of salt and, and to test and verify, you know, oh, there was no salt in this cocktail, by the way. <laughs> right. Right. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't take a grain of salt when evaluating its answers. And and of course, it's, it's also very, very wishy-washy with facts. But that's not what it's doing here. What is interesting is, though, is that I do know that these large language models like ChatGPT 
what they're essentially doing, and this is a vast oversimplification, but they're sort of taking all of the knowledge which they've gleaned from all of these different sources that they've consumed, um, which for many of them is basically the entire internet, and they basically regurgitate what the most um, expected string of words would be based on that. But the way what that ends up resulting in is like these this sort of common knowledge around flavors and ratios and how they should interact and, and all of that sort of stuff. So even though ChatGPT doesn't really know anything about making cocktails because it doesn't really know anything, it's really taking the collection of all of humanity and taking their wisdom and sort of group sourcing it down into these things. So sometimes it can be spot on. Sometimes it can create really bizarre results, but it's definitely a tool that I think uh, is definitely worth exploring. Very cool. Good tip. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we got that out of the way. I, I know it is your turn to go first this week. It is my turn. And and I'm going to I'm going to hand it off to you as I mentioned to the to to the folks that our family tradition for Thanksgiving is that my family and our mother and our aunt, we all get in our cars and we drive to Ben's house. That is correct. And the reason we do that is because Ben's wife is an amazing cook. Oh, come off it. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. You do the turkey. All right. I'll give you credit for the turkey. I cook the turkey and sometimes other things. <laughs> so we're all there for the chocolate pecan pie, though, to be honest. Yeah, the chocolate pecan pie is amazing. My wife is an amazing baker for sure. And she's a very good cook, of course. But yes. Yeah, that is true. That is the tradition. Everybody comes to my place. We've been doing this for, I don't know, 25 years now or something crazy. I don't know. And and yes, not a lot of drinkers, though, in that group. But nonetheless, today, Matthew, as you mentioned, yeah, Thanksgiving is coming up. And so I today am presenting a Thanksgiving themed, well, I'm not going to say cocktail, Matthew, because really, and to my point that I made earlier in the show about me not remembering the week, I'm really presenting thousands of cocktails today, Matthew. Today, I am unveiling the Giant Cocktails Happy Hour Thanksgiving Aperitif Do-It-Yourself Bar. Gonna have a hard time fitting that on the Giant Cocktails thumbnail. (laughs) (laughs) What if you're at a Friendsgiving, you're hosting a Friendsgiving or you're hosting a Thanksgiving. You've got a lot of people there that that might want an adult beverage and you want to serve something to them. But you don't want Uncle Matthew to go off the rails quite so early in the evening. So you want to serve him something that has a little bit of alcohol in it because, you know, everybody wants to loosen up at the dinner table but not too much alcohol in it. Kids, this is what I think you were all calling today low ABV cocktails. I don't know. They have a term for it, Matthew. I don't know what it is, but these kids are all drinking. They're all drinking low, low alcohol content beverages. Low or no. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. 
You're 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 gonna serve low ABV cocktails on Thanksgiving. Yeah. The one that I'm the one that I'm going to. <laughs> no, no, Matthew. You you and I are the only ones drinking. We're gonna be drinking. We're gonna be making some hardcore cocktails. But but in theory, yes. In theory, but let me let me paint the picture for you. Okay, so so let me. Here's how it'll work. People show up, they arrive, you know, you have a bunch of like hors d'oeuvres out and you have a little aperitif station. Do you know what aperitif is, Matthew? Uh, yes, I do. And what is it? It is a liqueur or a drink that is supposed to stimulate your appetite before your meal. That's right. Yes, you can serve a it's an alcoholic beverage that you serve before a meal to get people prepared for the meal. And it's more art than science behind this sort of thing. It's more tradition than actual scientific reality. But the idea is that you serve a an alcoholic beverage before dinner to get people ready for the dinner. And there are many, many aperitifs that are sold out there on the market. Most Amaros are marketed as aperitifs. Campari, my favorite liqueur, is marketed as an aperitif. And so that's what an aperitif is. What I'm suggesting today is that our listeners, if they're hosting a large Thanksgiving, or perhaps they're responsible for the beverages, instead of like making cocktails or making a punch, instead just create a station where you put out a number of bottles of liqueurs, possibly some other juices, and some fruits, and you maybe give them a couple of recipes that they can follow themselves, but really encourage experimentation. So every single cocktail that they would create would have two parts of two different liquids, and then you would add ice to that, a little bit of fruit into the glass, and then you top it with club soda. And then you have a very nice, low-volume cocktail such as what I am holding in my hand now. I am happening to hold a wine glass filled with an ounce and a half of Lilit Rosé. If those of you are familiar with Lilit Blanc, it's a light pale yellow. There's also a Lilit Rosé, which is a light reddish color. And then combined with this, I have an ounce and a half of St. Germain, which is an elderflower liqueur. I've also included in this glass a bunch of pomegranate kernels. A reels, they're called? I don't know. Anyway, and then you would add ice to this glass and top it off with club soda. And then you have a very nice before dinner, low ABV cocktail. And I'm going to finish building mine now while Matthew talks about it. Well, it, it looks beautiful. And, and I actually, the, the flavors of Lilit Rosé and Elderflower I feel like would be a really good flavor combination. So I could see yeah. how this would be a tasty beverage. And as I'm the uncle that you're trying to keep sober before Thanksgiving starts, I don't appreciate this at all. <laughs> I'm bringing my barrel proof Costco bourbon that I bought last week that was on sale. By the way, Costco has lots of whiskeys on sale right now. You should go check it out. But. But no, I, I joke. I, I think that those 
That's a really great idea, I think, especially if you're hosting a party and you want people to have a variety of op- of options uh, beyond just wine. You know, I, I think this is a, a you know a, a different take on on serving yourself, and and I think it could be fun, and people probably enjoy it. And I, I assume though that you might give them some options because not everyone's going to know what to do. So maybe if you give them a couple of options on tried and true ones. Correct. And so I would definitely suggest the Lilit Rose, Lilit Rose or Lilit Blanc um, with the St. Germain and then topping that with with club soda. That is not what I just did, though, Matthew. For you, my friend, I topped it instead with sparkling white wine. Of course you did. So there you go. So now it's like a now it's like a Thanksgiving 75. <laughs> That's right. This is a Thanksgiving 75, but there are other versions of the Thanksgiving 75. Another combination that I had, I would suggest that you include in your bar, is having the spirit Domaine de de Canton, which is a ginger liqueur, combining that with pomegranate juice, and then topping that with club soda or sparkling white wine is an excellent combination. Another possibility that you could include would be one with an ounce and a half of Cointreau or really any other orange liqueur. And then an ounce and a half, believe it or not, of Campari. Add to that a bunch of sections from like a small Clementine with the ice into the wine glass and then top that off again with club soda or with sparkling white wine. That one, folks, is almost enjoyable. What if you like with squeeze the clementine, like muddled it a little bit? Like with that. Uh, that would be fine too. That would be fine too. I mean, a Campari really pairs very, very well with orange, which is why I'm pairing it with the Cointreau in that particular case. So those were actually three flavors that I really enjoyed. So I would, you know, encourage you in that particular case. What I would have out is Cointreau. I would have Campari. I would have the Domaine de Canton, the the ginger liqueur. I would have Lilit Blanc or Lilit Rosé or both. And I would have some pomegranate juice. You might also want to include some orange juice. Elderflower liqueur, too, I think. Sorry, yes. And the St. Germain was my elderflower liqueur as well. Also good to have on the bar is a peach-flavored liqueur like creme de peche. I'm going to include in the show notes a list of all of the different combos that I would suggest, along with a list of bottles that you could include. And if you want to allow your your guests to have champagne on top, I strongly recommend it. But but I would suggest that maybe that be after dinner rather than before. Unless you have particularly lively family debates at the table and you want to sort of cut that to the minimum. So you want to just get everybody really, really sauced. Then maybe you go with the champagne pre-dinner. That's what I'm presenting today, Matthew. The Giant Cocktails Happy Hour Thanksgiving Aperitif do-it-yourself bar and grill in Dublin, California. Wait, what? (laughs) Easy for you to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You heard it here, here, folks. Don't, you know, it's copyrighted, so don't steal that lame, that name. (laughs) That lame? It was, it was a little. That lame, that lame name? I don't know. It was a little lame, yeah. All right. Well, Thanksgiving at Ben's. We're having a few less friends than normal. So if anybody wants to join us for Thanksgiving, just uh, hit us up. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Only if you're not weird. Um, none of you are weird. You're None of you are weird. I love you all. They're all weird. Some of you are weird. <laughs> you listen to us. Exactly. <laughs> 
This is really good, by the way. The Lillet Rose St. Germain with the champagne on top with the uh, pomegranate kernels in it. Ah, wonderful. All right, Matthew, you're up. All right. All right. Well, I am drinking something I'm calling the Mario Kart-ish. Because the drink that I'm trying to recreate from 1910, the restaurant in Old Railroad Square, Santa Rosa, is called Mario Kart. And and so I really wanted to recreate it because it was a very nice, balanced cocktail and surprisingly so anyway. So I, I tried to, to recreate it, use ChatGPT, but I don't know if this is the right the right ratios and all of that. So I'm calling it, they called it Mario Kart. I'm calling mine Mario Kart-ish. And so what's in it? It's got one ounce of rye whiskey, one ounce of cognac. One ounce of Jaffard Banana de Brazil liqueur, a quarter ounce of rich Demerara syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters, absinthe for rinse, and a lemon peel for garnish. And first of all, I should mention, so the rye whiskey, I've tried it with a couple. They used Old Forester. An Old Forester bourbon is a 86 proof. I first went with like a 92 proof or a 94 proof rye and it was too spicy and too overpowering for the drink. So you don't need to go hard, hard rye. You can 80 to 85, 86 is, is fine. Also their original had a brandy called Armagnac, 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 Armagnac. I don't know. I don't know what it's how to pronounce it, but it's like cognac, but it's from a different region of France. So they call it Armagnac. Just like they do their wines by region instead of by varietal. Yeah. They also do their brandy like that. Yeah. So I did not have that type of brandy. So I substituted in cognac, which worked just wonderful. Also, it called for, didn't call for rich Demerara syrup. So if you don't have rich Demerara syrup and you just have regular, just half an ounce. I used a quarter ounce because I had rich Demerara syrup in my refrigerator, and that's what I went with. So so to prepare this drink, though, you're going to take a rocks glass, and you're going to rinse the inside with absinthe. I will say that the best way of doing this is to get a small atomizer sprayer and just you know fill it with absinthe and then spray the heck out of the inside of the glass. I will say you could be liberal with it on this one because you want that 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 aroma to to hit you when you drink this. So... Don't don't be shy. Just really coat the inside of the glass with your absinthe. You're going to place a large ice cube inside the glass and you're going to set it aside. Then you're going to add the remaining ingredients to a mixing glass with ice. Stir vigorously for 30 seconds. And then you're going to strain it into your prepared glass. And then you're going to express the oils from a lemon peel over the cocktail and place the peel in the glass. It's as simple as that. When you take a sip, you're going to immediately get the notes of the lemon and the absinthe are going to be those first notes that you inhale. And it's a wonderful aroma. If it just smells so good and and fresh. And then surprisingly, when you take a sip, the rye is not overpowering. It, it's there, but everything else just kind of, kind of takes the edge off the rye. The cognac and the banana liqueur and the Demerara syrup all do their own thing to kind of create this really smooth finish. And the Angostura bitters, of course, provides that really nice kind of deep flavor. And it's just a really good cocktail. And I 
when I first took a sip at the restaurant, I was pleasantly surprised at how just smooth it was and knew that I had to recreate it and knew that I had to share it with you all. So that is what I'm drinking today, the Mario Kart-ish, and it is inspired by 1910. Well, first of all, I really like the name that they gave this one because of the banana liqueur and and the role of the banana peels in Mario Kart. So, so yeah, kudos to them for that. That's very clever. I enjoy that really. But yeah, kudos to them. That's really clever. I, you know, so looking at this list of ingredients, my first response to this is what the right? <laughs> and and I know I, I yeah, I mean cuz these these ingredients are just they're just they're all over the place, you know, the the rye whiskey, you know, is cut a little bit by the cognac. That's not too crazy. But then you get to the anytime you see banana liqueur in something, you're you're always going to go eyebrows going to raise. Right. I mean, especially when it's not like a tiki drink or something. Right. I mean. Right. Exactly. And then you keep going on and you're like, OK, this got a little weird and crazy. And, and, and then it's the Demerara syrup. And you're like, OK, now it's getting sweet. And then you're like the bitters and you're like, OK, that's fine. And then you get to the absinthe for rinse. And it's just like, what in the world are we doing here? But then when you stop to think about it, it it's kind of really interesting that, yeah, so you've got the rye whiskey, um, which is probably doing a lot to balance the the banana liqueur and to be honest you only have half an ounce of that in there so it's not like it's overpowering and and then it's being super diluted by the cognac as well and then but i'm thinking to myself this is the banana flavor is just going to knock you out here that's going to just dominate and i think that's what the absinthe is there for yeah is to balance that away. This is such a crazy concoction. And and then you add the lemon peel on the top of it for that for that extra aroma at the beginning. And it's I, I like this. It's, it's very creative. And and it's also, I think, you know, it's both spirit forward and also clearly has a sweet profile to it, which I like both of those things. <laughs> so I think this is probably a cocktail I would end up enjoying very much. Maybe I'll bring I'll I'll bring some in the stuff down when we can have it during Thanksgiving after your aperitifs. All right, that's right. Well, I do have rye whiskey and I do have cognac. I do not have any Jaffard Banana du Brazil liqueur. All right. Well, now I know what to get you for Christmas. I. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and I, so I think that the thing that I like the most about this cocktail, as I mentioned, is the balance. And just as you you talked about, just the craziness of all the ingredients and how they just can't make sense. And then you do. And it's just like, wow. So I had a lot of fun making it. The chat GPT part was, I felt like, you know, a little, a little inspired. I was curious because the first time I made it, honestly, I made it with an ounce and a half of rye and half an ounce of the cognac. And the rye was just way too forward. And, and I was like, not sure what to do with the banana liqueur. And so, so that's when I just, I put it all into chat GPT and said, help me out. And it gave me a really nice template to work from. So, so overall, I just, it was a great cocktail and I, I'm now really curious. I'm, I'm determined to find out what's really in the cocktail, like what the ratios is to see if we got it to be close to what the original was. That is very interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. That's what I got. That's what I got, Ben. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. The Giant Cocktails Happy Hour Thanksgiving Aperitif Do-It-Yourself 
Bar and Grill in Dublin, California, and the Mario Kartish. It's work in progress, guys. We'll work on that title. <laughs> if you liked any of these 1001 cocktails, or maybe you made something better, take a scot of it, or maybe just paint a word picture of it and send it to us on Instagram, the Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We'd love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. Go in there, click five stars. If you can think of anything clever to say, leave a little bit of a review. It really helps the show. Also, just tell people. Tell people about this fun cocktail podcast that you're listening to. Yes, agreed. Do that. Do it now. And until then, we'll see you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same 1001 cocktails while I whine and Matthew raves about the decision that Michael Conforto made, which you know, but we don't because we recorded this on Sunday and Mr. Conforto made his decision on Monday. Until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Adios, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. This is really good. Wow. How could you up the ABV? Put a little vodka in there. With the champagne? <sighs> yeah, a little vodka. Yeah. Like if you wanted to turn this into a real cocktail. It's a real, okay, it's a real cocktail. Low ABV people have feelings too. <laughs>